Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Conscious Man Podcast. I am your host, Scott Pagliaccio, and this podcast is designed to help you grow, to help you develop. I like to say that it helps to elevate the collective consciousness of the entire universe. And uh, it starts with me. And uh, I'd like to thank you all for joining us. We appreciate your listenership. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day, evening, night, afternoon, morning, while you're running on the treadmill, while you're making love, while you're holding hands, while you're skipping down the street, whatever it is, we appreciate you coming here and listening. And we also would like to ask you, if you get some benefit from this podcast, if you wouldn't mind going over to iTunes, writing us a review, maybe even uh, rate us so we can move up the ladder. And that's only if you get some benefit from this podcast, only if it expands you, only if it helps you in your experience. And uh, I'd like to welcome a really good friend, a brother, and uh, a fellow soul hanging out with me, holding hands in the mystery that we call life, who is up to some big things. His name is Rob Wang, and he is the owner of Dating Smash. Did I say that correctly, Rob? Yep, that's it. Right on. And Rob, why don't you share with the listener uh, what Dating Smash is and what you're up to in the world? Sure, man. I think I think the easiest explanation would be saying that it's dating and relationship coaching. But at the core of it, I think what was missing from dating for me was that I got a bunch of strategies about how to be like a better conversationalist, like a, a sexier person, more attractive. But at the end of the day, I still felt like like I didn't know how to create that spark. I didn't know how to get that like re like real, genuine, deep connection with people. Um, so dating smash is more about creating like sexy connection through authenticity, through vulnerability. Um, and yeah, I'm making dating suck less. I think I think that's the bottom line. Okay, no, no, that I think what I hear you saying is that in the beginning, maybe it was more about technique. And, you know, like, uh, and now what you're into is more about authenticity. And can you explain to the listener what, what's the difference between those two pieces where I'm using a technique to try to maybe present myself in a certain way rather than being authentic? Because I'm not 100% clear on, on what the difference is. And I'm imagining the listeners out there, like, maybe feeling the same. Yeah, totally. So like technique based stuff would be anything taken from like the pickup movement. And you remember back in the day, there was like mysteries, the pickup artists, there's like a reality TV show and they were feeding people lines about like what to say um, or like, Hey, what's a routine that you could do in this situation? What's a magic trick you could pick up. And to some extent you still see a lot of that today, right? Like if I message someone online over Tinder there are like websites dedicated to like giving people specific things to say so that they might appear more clever or attractive, but do it in a way where it's like just completely memorized lines or like completely this persona of here's what it, here's what it should look like to be attractive. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think coming from vulnerability and authenticity, 
it's really just like, where am I feeling in this moment? And like, how do I connect in a way that's real? And I think on paper, that sounds like really boring and lame, but in reality, when it's being done, the, the depth of the connection is insane. Like my, my girlfriend can't leave me alone in a grocery store. Cause like, if you give me five minutes, I'll be best friends with someone in that time. Um, so yeah, that's what we're trying to teach. No, that feels really good because like the, uh, the technique thing doesn't seem authentic. It doesn't, it seems like if you were to get into a relationship with somebody based on a technique, that the relationship starting out would be predicated on a lie, you know, and then that's the person you end up marrying and your whole relationship is based on a lie and based on some bullshit that, you know, technique that had nothing to do with what was real, what was authentic, what was really coming up for you in the moment. So that really lands for me. And I, and I just thinking about that, that feels sexy. Like if I'm being vulnerable, I see a woman in an elevator and I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I feel really attracted to you right now and I'm nervous. And I said that rather than, Oh, uh, how about this weather? (laughs) Yeah. Women respond to that type of thing because it's something that only someone extremely, extremely confident would do. Right? Like who the hell talks about how scared they are and then how attracted they are to the other person. No one like someone who is secure in who they are does that. So, So, well, what in your experience, you, you've had experience with both sides, both the technique side and the real side. And that's, that's kind of, you know, you and I had a discussion about where we wanted this to go. And this kind of brings us back to the point is like, what I really dig the authentic relating because I see how beneficial it has been in my own experience. And the technique thing, it feels awkward and kind of crunchy and, I'm not very good at it and it isn't really who I am. So I'm curious to know like how you feel about, you know, old school. Yeah. Let's dive in, dive in there. I think what happened was at a certain point communications started getting, um, there was like a shift over to more like text-based stuff. People, we, we, we got texting and then it was like weird, right? Like, why aren't you calling me? Why are you just sending me these, like these text messages? And then they became almost the primary source of communication. I was reading somewhere that like we send something like 8 billion texts a day. And that's just, that's just text. That's not even including like data-based apps like Facebook and like WhatsApp. So at a certain point, it feels like we kind of like everything shifted and people lost the ability to like communicate in person without feeling like painfully awkward or really uncomfortable, which and in my head, it sort of relates back to sales, right? If I'm, if I'm doing sales, my best opportunity to succeed is going to be face-to-face. If I send out an email, it's easy to ignore. Text, easy to ignore. The closer that I can get to face-to-face contact, like the more connection I can create, the more successfully I can, I can make something real with this other person. Why do you think that, why do you think that is? And why do you think we've moved away from that? If, if you can be more successful face to face in sales, then why have we moved away with tech? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's because of technology and, and I'm just really curious there um, to know what your take is. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. 
I've never actually been asked that before, but I suspect that the answer is that it's this illusion of convenience. If if I'm online, if I'm on Tinder, I can I can burn through like 200 women in like in an hour just sitting down and copying and pasting the same message. So on the surface, it's like way more efficient, right? Like I don't have to think, I just have to send. I'm trying to think of an example, but they're all making me cringe. Something about like, hey, Tinderella, how you doing? And like, it's like, why? Why would you send that, first of all? But also like second, like, okay, she's got like five other dudes just sent her that because it's online, right? Like it's in the top 10 search results. So automatically she's just like, this guy isn't authentic. He's gone. And I think think part of the challenge is that dating isn't, it's not safe for women. And they're kind of period or online, especially, or I think it's just that like every girl that I've talked to has a story about how she was stalked or like how a friend of hers was almost kidnapped. And like, mm-hmm. like they have like systems down in place, like stuff that guys never have to consider. I don't have any problems walking through a dark alleyway, but like my girlfriend will not do that on her own. Cause yeah, it's, it's a little bit more dangerous for her. And I think with dating, it's the same way. Like women are on the, they're on the lookout for stuff that's not authentic because it means that this might be a trap. So like the minute that she gets any signals that like, hey, like this guy isn't the real deal, they're gone. This is, this is too dangerous. They're moving on to another guy. Yeah, and well, I'm thinking about Tinder and what I've heard is that's just somewhere for people to, to fuck, like get laid. So, like what, what are they, so, I mean like, what you just said makes a lot of sense to me and people are just going online and, and hooking up. Like, I, I mean, are there apps where you can be a little bit you know, like more conscious or uh, I know I'm on like meet mindful and everybody's like send out and yoga <laughs> up and like sitting in the lotus position and you just slow down before you swipe. And I'm just curious, like, I mean, yes, it makes sense that women have to deal with, a safety aspect that men probably have never considered or have had to go through and for sure. And I'm, I'm still seeing that a lot of people are using those apps, women, especially men. I mean, men and women. So like, it's, it's crazy to me that, uh, I don't, I kind of lost my train of thought. (laughs) I was just thinking the safety aspect and people are still using that to like hook up. So the lines are working, you know, or, is well, there a guy that's not giving a line? That's the thing though, right? Like um, people are using it, but I feel like it's because there's like this level of settling for it. Like this is my only, this is my best option. There's, there's a lot of data that points to people feeling like they're totally disconnected. I was reading something like 47% of people don't feel like they have meaningful connection on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And so if Tinder were really working, like then these people wouldn't be lonely, right? Yeah, man. I, I like something just hit me as you were saying that, man. It's like, it's like smoking crack. Like this is such a, it's like a, you get this hit, you get this fix and then you move on to the next thing. But it's not, what I'm hearing is it's not a fulfilling, nourishing connection with another human being. It's just like a fix. Just thinking of a junkie, man. Like that's what I, that's what it, how, it landed for me. So yeah, man. So people are feeling disconnected and to 
get more empowered, to be more authentic, what does that look like, man? And how do we begin to move towards that? If, if that is, in essence, the, the uh, answer or part of the solution anyway. Yeah, man, um, that's such a good question. I think it circles back to the last question uh, you asked a little earlier. And the solution to me is we, we go back to the old school, right? Like apps are okay. They're fine. Like if you want a quick hookup, it is like that crack thing. And that's, that's like the best case scenario to get. <laughs> it's, it's a temporary thing. It feels good for a little while, but it's empty. Like no one's there to connect. My argument is that it needs to be done in person. It needs to be done with soul. Like I can, I can go and pretend to be someone really, like really attractive, really outgoing, really funny all the time. And, and I can do that every day. And I can probably get positive results doing it just based off of like what's culturally attractive. But at the same time, I think like you and I both know there's, there's this notion of, I'm hiding behind a mask the entire time. Even if it is a very attractive mask, that never, that never really gives me the opportunity to get accepted for who I really am. And in a lot of ways, like, that's like a mini rejection. I'm, I might be getting accepted on the front end for my performance, but the real me is still getting rejected. Yeah, because you, what I hear you saying is because you're hiding behind a mask, you, you're not being fully self-expressed. You're, you're not showing your warts. So you're saying, you know, I want this person to see me warts and all. Like, yeah, like you said, you could show up every day. I'm outgoing. I'm, I'm energetic. I have this. But how you can't, my projection is no one can possibly maintain that level of, uh, I don't even know what the word is, man. It, it, it seems false to me. Like, I'm just awesome all the time, man. I never have a long day. I'm fucking beautiful all the time. I don't take a shit with the door open. Like, you know, I, I don't cry, you know, or I, I'm just, I'm this perfect, like, manly man who just has it all together. My finances, my fitness, you know, my family life. And I think you and I both know that that's a load of bullshit. And what I hear you saying is, authentic connection is showing all parts of you, you know, just everything, maybe not on the first date, but <laughs> you know, Hey, I got it all together. Then you start bawling, crying. And, <laughs> but is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, I think, I think I am. And I, I don't think like, I think there's a, there's a difference between authentic and vulnerable and like, disassociating from the situation like like i can i can be vulnerable i can express my emotions without having to break down into like a full like weeping heaving cry on my first date because like like if i am really in that situation should i even be dating in the first place or maybe should i be taking time to like figure that out i, I don't know but yeah but, <laughs> but yeah at the same time like i, th I like i want to challenge it because it's like what what is the end game of dating and in my head it's like how do i find someone that is going to accept me for like when life is really crappy and like i'm i'm just fucked up like i can't i can't even and if this person is down for that if she's down for 
every aspect of who I am, then I found, I found the one, right? Right. Yeah. You're not, you're not collapsing in, in, into that on the first date, but at some point you, you may experience, you know, uh, some heavy shit in your life and you want to know that she's got your back at some point, but you're not, you're not coming at, you're not coming to the first date a complete fucking mess, man. You're, you're showing up pretty strong. You're, you're like, hey, man, I, I've got it together enough that I can, you know, be on this date. And I can say <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, like, I think, I think behavior like that in a lot of ways is almost like a filter, right? Because like, if that person isn't ready for that part of you, then in the long run, getting into a relationship with that person isn't going to be, isn't going to be good for either party right because it's yeah. like at some point she she's going to reject that and then i'm going to feel rejected and then it's going to turn into a fight and then like i've invested like two years in this and now it's just going down in screaming flames whereas i could have i could have prevented all of that by just being authentic on the front end yeah no yeah. absolutely man and and I, when you say that as a man i'm just thinking like you know being shamed around that like you know, what I'm, you know, we've been put in this box where a man shouldn't be upset around having to put his cat down. Like, you know, what are you, a little fucking bitch or something? You know, that's kind of what I'm getting. Like, like we're not supposed to show that side of us that we're, we're sad because we have to put our cat down. We're supposed to man up or, you know, right. I see what you're saying, man. So you're saying that you should know way early on that, this person that you're going to be with is going to be able to accept you in, in all of its facets or all uh, emotional states. Yeah. What, what's nuts is, and, and, and riffing off of your previous expression of like, Hey, men aren't supposed to show vulnerability because it's like, it's weakness. And I, I definitely had that programming in my head for a really long time too. It's, it's still there. It's just a little better than before. But I've gotten feedback from like multiple women who are always like, like vulnerability in men is sexy. And it's like weird because this kind of stuff doesn't turn up. Like there's no literature around it. It's always like, how do you get six pack abs to like attract the women of your dreams? And I think, I think maybe it's just not as marketable. Maybe it's just like, it's not sexy. It's like talking about how much broccoli we should have for dinner. But at the end of the day, it's the vulnerability and connection are like, they go hand in hand. And I think, oh, right. This, this actually reminds me of a question that I wanted to ask you because in my head, in my perception of you, you, you actually have the dating game figured out pretty solidly too. And when, when it comes down to old school dating, how does it go for you? I meet a lot of people or I meet a lot of girls and I'm noticing in myself when I, when I am being myself and being authentic that uh, I feel this connection and I don't know if it's that she likes me, like she wants to go out on a date with me or she likes me like just as a person. And uh, it's been really, really interesting to try to navigate that. And dating is, is cool and it, it's fairly easy. Uh, so I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> Authentic relating is absolutely the easiest and most, I feel the most at home in myself when I'm just being who I am and just, you know, saying, oh, I'm a little nervous right now and I feel this attraction to you. And 
I was wondering if you'd like to go out and have coffee or, you know, just saying stuff like that. Just like, I feel like leading with vulnerability kind of gives the other person permission to do the same, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% on board with that. I think that connection is something that, that if I'm experiencing that, the other person is also experiencing that. There are, there's something in the human brain called mirror neurons mm. that are designed to pick up on the emotional state of the other person. And to some extent, it also causes us to feel what they're feeling. It's like the basis of empathy. So when, when I hear that you're coming to the table with that feeling of connection and openness, it's actually kind of just like it's being reflected on the other end. That other person who's in your presence has to experience some chunk of those emotions as well, even if they are really closed off. And I think that's, that's I mean, one of many reasons why being, being vulnerable and authentic is so valuable because it really does make the process much, much easier. You know, I'd spent, I spent like eight or nine years of my life trying to study psychology, seduction, game. I drove to Vegas probably, probably more than like 50 times in my lifetime just so that I could get practice. And the entire time I was searching for something like this, that was the missing piece. And where did you, I'm curious, where you like, where did you find it or where, how did you come across it? Where, where was it? Hmm. It turned up at first uh, through a program called Landmark, where I was like forced to actually self-express and be vulnerable in front of a room of like 130 people. And in doing that, I realized just how connected I felt to everyone else in the room and how connected everyone else felt to me. I, 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 I didn't stop getting people coming up to me and like thanking me for sharing. And I began to realize that being vulnerable wasn't like weakness. It was like you were saying, like more of a gift, more of like giving someone else permission to be, to express who they actually were. Yeah. And I'll, to add to that, what I've noticed, like in, in the, uh, I belong to a men's group, the Mankind Project. And what I, the reflection that I've got from other men when you're authentic is they trust you and they feel safe with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this is the same with women, that when you're vulnerable and, and you're being honest and transparent that they feel safe. And I think that's primary in any relationship is to establish safety. And uh, so hearing you say that, standing in front of a room of 130 people and just being who you are, that, you know, not hiding behind a mask, but being robbed, whatever that looks like in that moment, just coming with it, that they can trust you because they can feel from you that this is really who Rob is. And you're not fucking coming up with some kind of gimmick or trying to do a technique. It's like, wow, you know, that to me is powerful. So that's what, that's what came up for me, man. Safety, authenticity, transparency, and who wouldn't want a relationship predicated on that versus a fucking lie? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I'm really happy that you brought up that safety bit. Um, I don't think I would have come to the table with that, but like, as you're bringing it up, I think safety is kind of, it's, it's the foundation of attraction. Like attraction can't even begin to happen unless the other person feels safe. One of the things that comes up a lot in neuropsychology is um, this, this battle between like 
the modern brain and like the monkey brain. And like in the situation that someone feels danger or threatened or something isn't safe, it doesn't actually leave much room for attraction. It's this person is just trying to survive. There's, there's no time for like sexy pickup lines or like flirtation. It's just like, how do I get out of here? Like I'm really activated. Yeah, man. That, yeah. That hearing you say that, that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, that, that would not have me feeling like I wanted to, you know, make love or, have sex or any, or just be in connection. It, it's like, I'm looking around, like I got to get out of here. Somebody, a, giant, a fucking saber tooth tiger's about to eat me or, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, man, there's inside of me. I could feel, as you said that I didn't have any room. I was like to the ceiling and uh, yeah, that's like, it was hard to breathe a little bit. And uh, yeah, man. So establishing safety is, going to open the other or once you establish that there creates that space within us that we you know where there is the opportunity or there is the room for a connection a, a love connection or an intimacy connection because we're not you know scared we're going to die <laughs> even if it's not real even you know because that's wired in us from you know a long time ago man and that that stuff still comes up even though you know there's there's probably not the possibility of you know, death imminently, but it feels that way in us still. Yeah, totally. Safety first and then, then vulner- and, and, and vulnerability would be the gateway to that. Yeah. And, and you know what, this is brand new territory for me. Like you, you know, I'm older and I'm old school and you know, I like, I didn't realize until recently that I liked connecting in this way, old school relating authenticity is a fucking superpower. And I, I get that from my parents. The relationships that you forge are way, way more like fulfilling and nourishing. I think I mentioned earlier, and uh, this just feels really, really good. And I'm curious if this is something that we both agree upon in this age of technology that, you know, authentic relating is going to give you something better than just a quick hit. How in your practice are you teaching men and women to uh, get up, get this online in themselves, man? What, what, what are, how do you do that, man? I'm super curious, like how you get this into their bones, man. Yeah. I like to call it reality tuning, like where you've got like the real little radio dial and you're just kind of tuning until you find the right frequency. I think a big chunk of the issue is that like on paper and, and hearing about it, it sounds awesome, right? Like there, there are a lot of things like that in our lives, like going to work out, eating healthy. We all kind of know that this is what we should be doing. There's that lo- like logical acceptance, but then, then we don't do anything about it, right? It's like really easy to let it fall off. My practice combines a lot of stuff from coaching and therapy um, to kind of help reality tune and help people get to a point where it actually feels comfortable. It feels like the best move. It feels empowering. How do you get it? I, like I'm listening to that and it's like, so I'm over here like feeling like nervous to the point where I'm nauseous thinking about maybe going up and saying hello to a woman. So when I'm, how do you get somebody past that? I'm assuming my projection is that 
this may be coming up for some men and women. Like they are, they feel so much anxiety or so much nervousness that they they can't step over that. So can you share with the listener a little bit of? I, I'm assuming there's some of the listeners out there are probably uh, experiencing a little bit of what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, really good question. I think a big chunk of this comes back down to that fight or flight response, right? That's what we're feeling when we're in the bar and like our hearts are going 10,000 beats a minute and we're like sweating and like it's suddenly really warm. Like that's a survival thing. I, like my system thinks I'm in danger. I've, I've heard, and I don't know if this is 100% true or not, that back when we were in tribes, if we said or did the wrong thing, we'd get social rejection, we'd get kicked out, and that means death. So... For a lot of people, that approach or like even talking in front of a crowd can feel as scary as if they were about to die. So getting past that in my head and in my experience can be as simple as figuring out what environment is the most comfortable for me. I think the big mistake that a lot of people make is that like they feel compelled to go to bars. Uh, I'll go to the bar, but then it's like loud and people don't know how to communicate and they, they feel like they need to get drunk in order to handle the situation. And getting drunk is really just another means of trying to self-regulate. So instead, where do I actually enjoy myself? Is it, is it rock climbing? Is it at the gym? Like, where do I feel at home? Like there are no nerves. And then how do I start meeting people there? That lands for me totally, man. So bar equates to like you know putting a mask on because that's not authentic you're just you know numbing out you know kind of distracting you know false sense of uh false sense of self it isn't really authentically who we are when we're drunk we make pretty bad decisions when we're at a bar drinking a whole lot you're saying put someone in a place where they feel at home wherever that is, whether it's the gym, the yoga studio, uh, the grocery store, uh, someplace where they just feel relaxed. They're not in fight, flight, or freeze. They, it, it's much more likely that they would be able to approach someone from a vulnerable place because they don't feel like they're going to die. Right. <laughs> they were two tigers not jumping out from behind the waffles to bite the throat, so they're going to be okay. Is yeah. that kind of what you're saying, man? Yeah, totally. And, and adding on to that, like if, if I am in fight, flight or freeze, like I don't have the bandwidth for an actual conversation. It's like why so many guys go up to a hot girl and they're about to start talking and then just like everything falls out the side of your head. Right. And then there's that awkward shuffle away. Cause it's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And then shame. And then, and all that's telling the brain is, uh, don't do that again. You just barely survived that. And the next time will be harder and it will be harder and harder. Now there's a way to get around that and you can, you can habituate to being comfortable in a bar. But I think if people are just starting out and they're really worried about freezing up or what to say, the best solution is like you were talking about, go to some place where, where you feel comfortable and at home. Yeah, man, I'm hearing that there's after getting rejected and, and going up to someone repeated, repeatedly that it, it, it wears a pattern in the brain and after a while you're just you know you're just like not even gonna go there you know and the good thing about someone like yourself Rob is that you can help people wear new neural pathways 
because the brain is plastic and it, and it can, can learn new things and, and wear new patterns. So somebody like yourself, that's, is it experiential? Like, are you meeting with people in groups? Maybe share with the listener what it looks like. Somebody who's out there struggling, like to, to maybe connect with someone, maybe you can share a little snippet of uh, what that might look like if they were to hook up with you and, and get some coaching. Sure. Most of my work revolves around getting to know the person and understanding where all their fears and reservations lie and then talking through them, systematically eradicating them um, mm -hmm. through that process of reality tuning. Once all the resistance is gone, there's no reason for that person not to act. And we, tr we, we create a structure around that based off of integrity. I think the most rewarding part about integrity is that like, if I know that if I give my word to something, I'm going to, I'm going to freaking do it. And I know that that's going to happen every time. Then at a certain point, it starts creating this belief in that person that like, if I say something, this is going to be real, this is going to happen. And that, that is the most empowering thing that can happen to a human being. Feeling in their bones, emotionally accepting that, like, if I say I'm going to do something, this is going to be real in like a month's time, maybe a year's time. I don't know how long it's going to take, but this is going to be real. Right. Yeah. Well, like when I was listening it, about integrity, that makes sense to me. And it was a little vague. Can you be more specific? Like, let's say, I mean, you coach me, man. And I'll tell you, you're like your laser coaching gets in and at story and cuts through the bullshit and gets right to the heart of the matter. And I'm really like a, over here appreciating the way you get at things. Like your, your coaching style is like, I mean, quick. So let's say I'm a guy who is emotionally shut down and scared to go out and talk to a woman. When you say, uh, you know, being in integrity, what, what does that exactly look like? Sure. Maybe well, we could model it. Yeah, sure. I think then the first thing to understand would be what are you, what are you trying to get out of approaching women? You know, I'm, I'm really looking to, uh, to find my wife, man, along. I mean, I'm looking to get married. I'd like to get married. I'm not getting any younger. Um, you know, I've, I've got, you know, I've got a decent job. Um, I want to spend my, I want to spend the rest of my life with somebody. I don't want to die alone. Okay. And what would it mean if you died alone? What would that say about you if you did that? That I was a failure. So there's this, I'm hearing that there's a concern then that if you don't meet your wife, that you'd be a failure. Yeah, that's what, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if you're seeing that that might potentially be hanging over your head every time that you try to talk to a woman. I, I, I really didn't see it until just now, like until you saw me there. You know, I, I, I didn't realize it was like, you know, always hanging there. And I'm... Um, 
I guess I'm curious if it feels like maybe you could start making a choice about how you, how you see that interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like I absolutely have a choice. I, it, it didn't really seem that way, but now hearing you say it, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. So what would you choose? What would be a more empowering point of view for that? Well, I guess, first of all, not, not it not being so dire, like it, I'm, I'm making, I'm making it seem like there's something wrong with me. If, if I'm alone, yeah, like I'm damaged goods or something, or I'm broken. And that, that kind of feels victimy. And I imagine that's the kind of energy that a woman might perceive from me. Cause we talked about, you know, we talked about that in the last session about, you know, we give off that this energy and people can pick up on that energetic, you know? So yeah, that doesn't seem very sexy or very, you know, attractive. So how do we make this into from an experience that feels like I might fail into one that might be a little bit more in your wheelhouse, something that plays to your strengths, something that you enjoy doing? Mm. Uh, you know, I love, I love working out. I love being at the gym. Um, and there's always, you know, a ton of attractive women that, I just make up stories in my head about, you know, and never approach. Um, so that could be a, a place to start. Yeah. And I guess in hearing that possibility, is it something that you're excited about? Yeah, actually I am because I thought about, you know, going to a bar and that I don't drink. So that's not really, and I've been there. And I know what that got me. Um, and I think having, meeting someone at the gym would probably, my projection would be that we would have values that were aligned and uh, at least a, a, that would be a good jumping off point. Okay. That feels good. Okay. What's, um, what's a goal that you'd be willing to commit to that would get you closer to this idea of meeting girls at the gym? rather than just thinking you know, about it. Yeah. Rather than just thinking about it, you know, being vulnerable and going up and just introducing myself and, uh, you know, asking, asking someone out for coffee. Okay. How many women would you like to talk to? Uh, three this week. Three. Okay. Okay, cool. Do you want to create something in your calendar to check in with me once you've done that three and then we can talk about uh, ways to step up your game or like accelerate it or even just your successes? Yeah, yeah, that would be helpful, man. I, I'll, put that, I'll, I'll put that in my calendar for Friday that by Friday I'll reach out and introduce myself to three women at the gym and invite invite all three of them out for coffee and then uh, yeah, we'll celebrate that win. Okay. 
That sounds good to me. I'm also hearing that there might be something holding you back from executing on that. Is there anything present for you? Any concern or worry? There's a little bit of fear of rejection there, you know? And I'm also realizing that if I don't speak to any of them, I'm rejecting myself. So it's a lose-lose. If I go and talk to them, even if I get rejected, one of them might say yes. So it's a win. And it's a win that I kind of uh, stepped over myself, you know, stepped into a, a more, you know, attractive me, you know, my warrior, I guess you could say, or my more, my handsome, my more attractive self. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, I, I lose either way if I don't speak, if I don't, if I don't make a move. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm hearing that there's a little bit more completion there for you. Is there anything else that might be holding you back? No, no, I feel complete there. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome, man. Dude, that was fantastic, man. Just got right at, got, got after it, got into it. And so this is what it would feel like if you were, working with someone who had this particular fear. Yeah. I mean, every session is a little bit different. I think, I think a lot of times people come into the sessions and they're shut down by other stuff that's happening in their lives. Okay. Like, like maybe, maybe their work is out of control and like they just don't have the resources to even consider that they might be dateable or willing to go out at night and meet people. Like it's just not a possibility. And it's my job to get them out of that so that they feel like stoked about the idea of like, hey, like tonight's going to be amazing. I'm going to have an opportunity to meet the girl of my dreams. It might or might not work out, but I'm going to feel awesome doing it. Because... In honoring that, I'm honoring my word, and it's just a matter of time before this works out. Yeah, and and, and I'm what I'm envisioning and what I'm feeling is these men and or women might not have that sort of accountability in their life. Somebody who's like holding them up rather, you know, than like beating them down. Ah, quit being a bitch and just get out there. And stuff. <laughs> you know, like I was, I, I'm just thinking, dudes, man. Like, dudes are like that, right? <laughs> I'm thinking, you know the way that you frame this, it feels good. Like I feel seen and heard. And then I also feel held with, you know, compassion and empathy. And, you know, I don't feel shamed or blamed or like there's something wrong with me. And I feel like, especially as a man, that we need that type of accountability, man. We need that. We need the men like you in our lives uh, to move the needle forward. Because I know for me, there's a lot of areas of my life that I wouldn't get traction around had I not had somebody like you, somebody like uh, Jason Gaddis, Warren McKee, you know, these are real authentic men who deeply care about not only me, but you know, the people that they work with. So I think it's, I would never knew of this type of uh, resource when I was younger in dating. And I, I couldn't see why, 
anybody wouldn't take advantage if they're stuck in this part of their life, take advantage of working with somebody like you rather than staying stuck in the, in the shame spiral, man. And like, there's something wrong with me. So I think that it, what you're providing for men and women and for the world is, is, is an amazing service that I want to put out there more. So more young people, I feel like as an elder old school, triple OG dude, <laughs> I feel like I have a personal responsibility to leave some information for the younger generation and for the men and women behind me. All right, everyone in closing, Rob, there's one question I'd like to ask you. And what does it mean to you to be a conscious man? Hmm. I think for me, being a conscious man is, is a couple of things. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is a level of self-awareness of, of knowing where my blind spots are and where my darkness is and being willing to confront it and to put it out into the world, embrace it even. I think the second part of that for me, um, man, there's so many parts of this. The second part is understanding that I can operate at the level of, of individual and I can be completely focused on myself or I can start bringing in other people. I can operate as a group or community or world. And the more conscious I am, the more I can enrich my life, the more amazing people I can bring into my life by starting to think for what's best for all of us as opposed to just what serves me. And I think the final component for that for me is understanding. I think there's this level of like everything that I do and don't do has an impact on the world. And, and chief among them is my word. Like what I say is the primary means of my creating what happens because I'm communicating with other people. And if they agree with what I have to say, then they, they start putting their dreams on top of my word as well. So if I don't keep my word, I'm letting down those dreams too. Wow, man, that, uh, that was a hell of an answer, man. And, I, can you speak a little bit more to the first piece, the first answer about bringing your darkness into the world as well? Well, I view, I view the aspects of myself that I suppress, like the things that I hide from everyone else as part mm -hmm. of my darkness. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and I'm also learning that letting go of that stuff, putting that out there is, is my access to becoming complete in a whole. I can't be true to me unless I don't have to suppress that part of me. People know that it's there. That's where the vulnerability lies, where you're being fully self-expressed. You're not hiding any aspect of yourself. There's no shame in you putting it out there to the world because then what I'm getting is that it, it gives others permission to do the same. So they don't have to hide as well. So they don't have to be ashamed of whatever it is. Is that, am I getting it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm stoked that you brought up the bit about freeing up other people to do the same. Um, I think that's in, that's a part of all of us. 
where we're waiting for someone else to take the first step so that's safe for us to go. That's like a survival instinct. So yeah, in taking that risk, we let other people's we let other people do the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I that feels really true to me. And and there was a, something else that you said that really struck a chord with me, and it was about being a man of your word and how important that is. I, I feel like that's a safety issue. Like when you don't keep your word or when I don't keep my word, people then don't feel safe around me. I've noticed that in my own experience. I've noticed that with my children, that when I'm not a man of my word, that they don't feel safe around me. And I, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but it was beautifully, beautifully said. Hmm. I think a big part of creating in the world is getting our word out there. And when our word's out there, especially if it's something amazing, if, especially if we're setting out to make something like to create a legacy, other people will naturally want to build their dreams on top of that. And if we can't keep our word, then their dreams get lost too. Wow, man. That landed right in my heart. That's powerful, Rob. That really is. And uh, man, that makes so much sense to me. Like, I never, I never realized until hearing that how important it is. Like, I never heard it put like that. So thank you uh, for sharing that. Yeah, that's, it was a hard lesson for me too. Even understanding in that, like my not doing things in my hiding from the world, um, I was still making an impact. If people were worried about me, they didn't know what I was up to. I wasn't sharing so I just fallen off the face of the map and in trying to be inconspicuous and in trying to hide who I actually was and protect myself, you know, I was still, I was still impacting people. So the transition point for me was if I'm, if I'm going to be creating an impact either way, I might as well be the guy in charge. I might as well pick a direction. Yeah. Yeah, man, what a great answer. And uh, that's something that I find to be challenging, man, to, uh, to get out of the shadows and step forward. And, you know, people are waiting for not only us, but whoever's out there listening to take their seat, man. We all have a gift. We all came here to do something in the world that's bigger than ourselves. And if we don't step forward, there are people in the world that don't end up getting the gifts that we came here to bring. You know, the people that you came here to coach, if you played small and just, you know, didn't put yourself out there, they wouldn't be getting, you know, the service that they need so they can step into that same role, you know, or, a similar role. So I, I see the importance of, of what you're talking about here. And, uh, you know, I hope the listener takes something away from hearing what you're saying right now. You have to move into action man. you have to, you have to take some sort of action. You can't just 
sit back and wait for it to happen. And I know that's something that I've personally struggled with, man. Like just play small, you know, sit in the back, let others go before me. That's not, that's not the way to go. Mm. You know? So I'm thankful that you're uh, putting yourself out there and being a man of your word and uh, being vulnerable and uh, being the conscious man that you are, man. So the world receives all of your gifts, man. And uh, thank you again for joining us here on The Conscious Man. Uh, it's been an honor and a privilege. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, man, let the listener know where they can find you, man. Is there a website? Uh, what, what's going on? If you, if you wouldn't mind leaving that information. Yeah, sure. Um, you can find, you can find our podcast. Uh, it's called dating smash. It's on, it's on anchor. It's on Spotify and iTunes, or if you like, you can browse for me, uh, on the line at, uh, dating smash.com. Well, having a hard time with words right now. That was weird. It's okay, man. Like that's what I love about this, man. Like we're, you know, we're out here creating something and being vulnerable and, we're slurring our words and fuck, but man, that's the fucking blast of it, right? Like, <laughs> you know what? It's fucking awesome, dude. Like, we're finding our way and doing what we love, man. And sometimes, and this is the one of the greatest gifts somebody gave me was giving myself permission to be sloppy, man. Like, fuck it, man. God, this is awesome, man. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, me too, brother. It's been real, yeah. Um, so to try that one more time, it's <laughs> it's a uh, datingsmash.com. You can you can check us out there. But yeah, man, thank you for holding the space. It's been a really fun conversation. Yeah, for sure, man. And we will definitely put a link in the show notes so people can find you on Anchor on your website. Uh, thank you, thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you.